Welcome back to Bible Pillars for today. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13.8 I'm excited to see you back and I pray that you were blessed when you viewed the last video. I pray that you liked it. I pray that you shared it. And I surely pray that you subscribe if you haven't. And please press the bell so that you can be notified as soon as we have an upload. We're so excited that we are still doing our adventure in Bible prophecy. And so with that, I want us to pray together. I want to share something with you. I know you notice how I'm dressed. You know, these last few videos, I've been trying to reach those that may not feel very well about themselves or their accomplishments. And I just want to encourage you. So let's pray first. Father, open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of your word. Let us know it in our head. Let us store it in our heart. Let us show it in our life. And let us sow it in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, what I'd like to share today I shared with you the beginning of my education, and I want to continue sharing a little more of those accomplishments. I am not bragging for myself. I'm trying to uplift one of you, two of you, three of you, five of you, 10 or 20 that are sitting down wondering, what can I do next? Knowledge is powerful. And when you get or receive knowledge, no one can take it from you and you feel pretty good about yourself. Believe me, you do. I remember the days that I didn't have education like my mother thought I should have. And I didn't feel that good about myself, but I was accomplishing things. But when God spoke the word, you've done good on all the basics. No, you've done good on the work, but you haven't gotten the basics. And so I had to go back and get my high school diploma, and I told you about that. And also, as I got my high school diploma, I told you that I got my associate's degree as well. And I, I think I mentioned I got my cosmetology degree, and that was in 1983. I finished high school, remember I told you in 1986, I had been a mother, and then I was a mother of three children, and I had gone back to school to adult education, and I finished my high school, not my GED, I did my high school, and I felt good, not knocking the GED, not at all, but I felt good because somebody saw, I want you to go sit in that class, get those hours, because it's going to be something later you'll never regret. And so I followed those directions. And not only did I get my cosmetology um, certificate, and I then passed the state boards and all. I also got massage therapy certification. Now that was in 2002. And you see me looking down, I'm trying to make sure that I get my dates right. And I even between then, I got a, a secretary certificate. That was in 1997. So look at these years, high school, you know, cosmetology I got first, I'm 31. High school, I'm 34. Secretarial school, I'm 45. Listen to that. Massage therapy, I'm 50 years old, 2002. 
So we're not too old to accomplish what goal we desire for ourselves. And then I went on, and what I'm representing today is I attended Southern Adventist University, and I completed my bachelor's degree. And this was in 2005. At that time, I was 53 years old, but I was as proud as any young adult that was finishing school. So you can be proud of yourself just as I am and others are. And I just want to encourage you, go to school, get a trade. It doesn't matter. I showed you that. I got cosmetology and I got uh, massage therapy and secretarial. So you can just get a trade and it's not just get, you can get a trade. You may not feel that you can accomplish four years. That's okay. Just go to school and be who and what you desire to be. Amen. God is good. Enough of that. I just wanted to share that with you because knowledge is powerful. With that, we're going to get some more knowledge. How about that? Some biblical knowledge. So let's study our lesson for the day as we study the Bible, have our Bible prophecy adventure. Our study today is entitled Seal of God in Revelation. The seal of God in Revelation. Would you be surprised to learn that God has a special seal, a sign or a mark that he places on his people? You know how we've got these names, being a Christian, being a saint, you remember? Uh, being a brother, being a sister in Christ. Well, God has a seal, a mark, or sign it can be called for his people. That's how special we are. You know how we get very upset because the world wants to what we call brand us? Well, you know, we get branded and we don't even want to be branded. But God has a seal for us. He has a special mark for us to let us know and him know we are his. Would you be startled? to learn that unless a person bears this mark at Jesus' return, he or she cannot enter God's kingdom. Would you be shocked to learn that? Would you be shocked to discover that most people are totally unaware of God's mark and thus we are ignorant or we ignore it? We don't want to be unlearned. That's what that ignorant is talking, is not being learned. We don't want to be that way. And we definitely don't want to ignore what God wants us to know. Would you be dumbfounded to find out that one great prime purpose of revelation is to identify and restore God's mark to his people? We wanted to study Revelation, didn't we? Well, guess what? We're finding out Revelation is just not beasts and all these faces and all these different animals. Revelation has a message within itself. And we know the first message is to tell us about Christ. Amen? Because that is what the book is all about. Well, incredibly as it may seem, 
and above those above statements are true, few things are as important to God as his mark. And tragically, when God looks at most of his people today, uh-oh, mm, he can only shake his head and say, the mark is missing. Oh my God, do we want him to say that to us? That his mark is missing from us? It would be difficult, difficult to find a more important topic to study about. Please, let's pray again. We want to pray because we want to really consider this matter. Let's pray. Father, we've heard something that many of us did not know and I had to find out that you have a mark, a seal, Lord, mm, and a sign that is upon your people. And you are shaking your head because many of us do not have it. So Father, we ask right now for the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon us. Open up our eyes. Give us sight to see spiritually and intelligently the word from your word that lets us know about this seal, this sign, this mark that we need to have if we say we are your people waiting on your coming. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? Amen. You know, that's one thing about God. He's all for us learning. And I think that is a good thing. I think that's a good thing. So let's learn together. Why does God delay Earth's final destruction? Why does God, why do you think God delays his final destruction? Let's read this from the Bible. Let's go to Revelation. Revelation 7, Revelation chapter 7, verse 1 through 3. Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. And it says this, And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Two, and I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cries with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it were given to hurt the earth and the sea. This is what the angel was saying. Three, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. So that's why the world has not been totally destroyed as of yet. Because God's people all of them have not been sealed yet. I am so thankful that God would wait, that I would first learn that there is a seal or mark or sign that I need to have that will let him know that I am his. 
And guess what? He's given us a time to study it, hasn't he? That's how awesome he is. God will not permit the final winds and the wars to bring total destruction upon this earth. So don't worry about all the calamities that we're seeing. It will not be the end until God says so, no matter what it looks like. And he says until his people are sealed, they receive their seal, the mark, the seal, he will not allow this earth to be destroyed. Winds and prophecies, you know, it represents bloodshed. It represents war. That's what the wind represents in prophecy. Jeremiah 25, 31 through 33, you can read later in your studies, that shows us that, that the wind in prophecy means war and bloodshed and destruction. That's what it represents. And then Jeremiah 49, 36 and 37. Amen. Well, how widely will God's message about his seal be proclaimed? How widely do you think it will be um, proclaimed? Let's look at Revelation 14, 6. Revelation 14, 6. And it says this. Read it with me. Revelation 14, 6. Or make sure you just got your text down. Told you, Revelation has a lot of texts. Write them down so that you can go back later and study them. We do not want to just hear the words. We want to read them for ourselves and know the words for ourselves. Revelation 14, verse 6 says this. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation, every kindred, and tongue, and people. So how widely? Worldwidely. All nations, all kindreds, all tongues, all people. God is going to spread this message that he has a mark, a seal, that he is putting on his people. Yes, and a sign. We should discover that the seal or mark of God is an important part of what the Bible calls the three angels' message of Revelation 14 that we just read the, that sixth verse from, which will proclaim worldwide with great power just before Jesus Christ returns. Remember that seal or that sign and mark often are used inexchangeably in scripture. You can see that in Romans 4, 11. Just write these texts down. Romans 4, 11, it talks about a sign and a seal. Ezekiel 9, 4 talks about a mark. Revelation 7, 23, uh, sorry. Revelation 7, 2 and 3, it talks about them being sealed, the servants being sealed. So we want to make sure we have those texts written down to study later. The seal of God in Revelation is what we're studying. How is a seal used to sim as, a sim as a 
symbolically in scripture. Let's find out how it is used. How is a seal used symbolically in the scriptures? Romans 4.11 says, a seal of the righteousness of faith. So a seal is used to show the righteousness of the faith, okay? And then when we look at when we look at the text Revelation 7, 2 and 3, Revelation 2 and 3, it'll say, hurts, and we read some of that, hurt not the earth until we seal the servants of God in their forehead. And then when we're looking at Ephesians 4.30, it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. So, it is very important, this seal, and it's shown symbolically in the scriptures. The seal. I'm going to show you a picture. I'm going to put a picture up here for us to see that's talking about a seal. A seal stands for a truth or a requirement of God. Seal, um, the seal can also show and indicate God's ownership and approval. That's what we're talking about, a seal. You know, uh, even a government seal it makes you, it, you can uh, learn a little bit through the government seal. Because what three things does a government seal has? We can see here, the government seals are used officially to identify and then for legal documents and such seals give, is given to national leaders. And it has a name, it has a title, and it has a territory over which is being ruled with authority. And so we can look at this one and think about our president. But at this time, this one is talking about George VI. He was a recent king in England. And then it talks about his name. George VI is on the seal. The title, he's a king. And then the territory was Great Britain and the dominions, it is on the seal. And so when he seals a legal paper with this, put it on a stamper and then he seals it, it has authority from him. And the same way with our new president, Joe Biden. He has a seal and his name will be there. And then that he is the president is his title and the United States of America will be the territory. Well, we're going to identify God's seal and we're going to do it by going to Exodus 20. So go with me to Exodus 20. Exodus 20. And when we go to Exodus 20, we're going to go, we're going to look at verses 8 through 11 verses 8 through 11 and Exodus 20. In the book of Exodus 20, we find the Ten Commandments. We find the Ten Commandments. 
And with those Ten Commandments, I'm going to put up my next picture. With those Ten Commandments, there is a reason for those commandments. Those commandments are necessary because they're like a wall built around God's people to protect us. Those Ten Commandments. A wall placed around God's people to protect them. Now, we're going to start verse 8 to 11. But the Ten Commandments starts from verse 1. And then you can read it all the way down to verse 17. And that's the Ten Commandments. It's Exodus 20, verses 1 through 17. But we're reading the fourth commandment, which starts Exodus 20, 8 through 11. And we're looking for the identity of God's seal for his people. And it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Nine, six days shall thy labor and do all thy work. Ten, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that's within thy gates. 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And so let's look at that text and see how we can find the seal of God. And it's in verse 10, where it says, The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. For the Lord made heaven and earth. So the fourth commandment reveals God's seal for his people. Name, his name, like President Obiden, his name is Lord thy God. Title, creator, he made the heavens and the earth. The territory is the heavens and the earth as a territory for our president, O'Biden, is the United States of America. So God has a seal for his people. Let us go on with studying the seal of God in Revelation. As we see, we see the Ten Commandments, and we can think of it as it is around God's people for their protection. What is God's sign or seal of his creating and redempting power? Let's check that out to see. Let's go to Exodus 31, 17. Exodus 31, 17. And we're looking for God's sign or seal of his creating and redempting power. It says, Exodus 31, 17, It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. 
For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Now you may ask, well, we're not Israels. We're not Israelites. We're not from Israel. No, we aren't. But if we read on in the text of scriptures, we find that we are spiritual Israels. We have been adopted into the family. We were Gentiles. No, we were not born an Israelite or a Jew. We were not born in that native land. But because Jesus came and died for us, because he came and died for us, that made us be adopted into the family. Praise God, I don't mind. I don't mind being an adopted child as long as you take good care of me. That's all that matters. And so we are adopted into the family. And so by that, that makes us spiritual Israelites. So whatever was written for the Israelites and was left back for God's people, even up today, we must follow. And so he said the sign between him and us, the children, him and the children of Israel, which we are spiritual Israel, is the sign of that forever for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. So that is something for us to do. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 20, 12. Ezekiel 20, 12 talks about more about it. It says, Moreover, also I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord that sanctifies them. So, you know, we stand up and we say we're holy, full with the full Holy Ghost and sanctified, but God is saying here that his Sabbath sanctifies us. What does that sanctified mean? That sanctified means set apart something for a special cause that's religious. We're set apart. And that's what the Sabbath was. It was set apart as special, different than any other day. Could not be looked upon as another day. The Sabbath is a sign that God is the creator and he is the redeemer as well. God himself made the Sabbath to be a sign of creating and redeeming his redeeming power. No one else. God made that. Where will God's sign or seal be on a person? We picked that up and read it in Revelation 7.3. It said to us, it would be in our forehead. What does it mean for something to be in our forehead? Our forehead represents what's in here. What's, what's in here? Our brain. So our mind. We will serve the Lord with our minds. That's what... Romans 7.25. Romans 7.25 says, and I'll read it in your hearing until you get there. Romans 7.25 says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so then with my mind, this is Paul talking, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So this was Paul talking. So Paul lets us know, with his mind, he served 
the commandments. And so we have to remember and give the consent. So when we consent to um, keep keeping God's Sabbath, we are marked with the seal in our mind, representing the part of by the part of the forehead. Praise God. Praise God. And then, when did God, when did God mark, when did God make, sorry, the Sabbath? Well, let's look at that because that is a little controversial because people always go to Exodus 20. But I got news for all of us. Let's go to Genesis. In Genesis, Genesis 1 we know, is where God created those six days God created to heaven and earth. I keep feeling like things are falling off my shoulders, so that's why I'm touching my shoulders. But in Genesis 1, it's talking about creation, how God created those six days, even created um, Adam and Eve. But then when you go to Genesis 2, Genesis 2, 1 through 4, we're trying to find out when did God make the Sabbath? And it says this, Genesis 2, starting at the first verse. Thus the heavens and the earth are finished, and all the hosts of them. Two, and on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. Verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. For, then it lets us know. Oh, no. So we're going only to three, sorry. But I'm going to read four, two. It says, these are the generations of the heavens of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made heaven, earth, and heaven. All right. So, God made the Sabbath in Genesis. He gave it to our first parents. He did not give it to the Jews or the Israelites. He gave it to those in creation. So, let us remember, too loud, let us remember that we were not, it was not given to Jews because we were not called Jews. Those were not his, his favorite people at that time, his chosen people, better word, okay? Those were not at that time. It was no one but Adam and Eve. And so he gave it in the beginning of the world. So what day did God make the Sabbath? Let's look at Exodus 20.10. Exodus 20.10. What day did God make the Sabbath? Exodus 20.10 lets us know, and we read that, that it was the seventh day. Seventh day is the Sabbath. God made the Sabbath from a 24-hour, the seventh day. It is made of time and time is what it takes to develop a true friendship with the Lord. He offers me 24 hours a week of his precious time so that I can be 
become warmed with him and become a close friend with him. How can I, how can you, how can we ignore such an offer? God is offering us. He's reaching out for our friendship. What did God do to make the Sabbath special? He did something to make it special. Let's look at Genesis 2, 2 and 3. And we did read that, but let's look at it again. It says, And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it, he rested from all his work, which God created and made. Do you hear that noise? I hear a noise. If you hear it, don't let it aggravate you, okay? All right. So he took that day, he took that day, and he rested on that seventh day. And he blessed that seventh day, and he sanctified it, as I spoke before. He sanctified, meaning set it aside for a sacred use. It was not to be like every other day of the week. It was to be very special. And in fact, if you search back in Genesis 1, you will see it is the only day he gave a name. The other days, he only numbered it day 1, day 2, day 3. He did not give them a name. But he came down to the seventh day. He numbered it. And then he said, it is the Sabbath day. He blessed it and he sanctified it. When God blesses, how long is it for? When God blesses, how long is it for? First Chronicles 17, 27. First Chronicles 17, 27. First Chronicles 17, 27 says, Now therefore, let it please thee, to bless the house of thy servants, that it may be before thee forever. For thou blessest, O Lord, and it shall be blessed forever. So his blessing of that Sabbath day is forever. It has never, never ceased, and it will never, never cease. Amen, amen, amen. For whom... Did God make the Sabbath? For whom did God make the Sabbath? Mark 2, verse 27 and 28 lets us know for whom did God make the Sabbath. He made it for someone special. Listen. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. 28. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. So it is not to be a burden to us. It is to be a blessing to us. It is all about how we look at it. To find out what is important to God about it. How important is it to Jesus? How important is it to the Holy Spirit? Because if God himself that only spoke into existence and then molded and made man and he decided to take a period of time to rest, to bless, to sanctify. It has to be very important. 
And so when you love someone, it is not an issue on what you do to serve them. If it is, you might need to check how your level of love is. But God loved us so much. The Bible says he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, shall not perish, will not perish, but have eternal life. So I think if our God did all that for us, why can't we take this one 24 hour a day to keep holy before him and to be in front of him to worship him? What command is given about the Sabbath? What command is given about the Sabbath? We read it in Exodus 28 through 11. It said, remember, and I tell my children all the time, I said, now, if I tell you something once and I come back because I need to make sure you understood, I may say to you, remember, but I can't say remember if I've never told you before. So God said, remember, because in Exodus, when he's coming and he's telling the children of Israel, he had already told them. He had told the world, not them. He had told the world in Genesis. And so by him saying in Genesis and telling Adam and Eve, he would have wanted them to share it with his children. And then it would go down the line. So remember the Sabbath day. God felt like something was going to happen. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The command is so clear that a person would have to try hard to misunderstand it. The only one of the ten being ten in the beginning with the word remember. Ten whole commandments, and that's the only one has the word remember. God knew that man would forget. I still hear a little noise. Do you hear a noise? I'm hearing a noise. Yes. Yeah. So it says the ten, the ten, the, in the New Testament, Sabbath, were the Ten Commandments ever repealed. They were repealed. Have you ever heard that the Ten Commandments were repealed? I don't know. I, I haven't. Robert, did you hear that the Ten Commandments were repealed? No. Repeal means to revoke. Are to be canceled. Revoke or, or to be canceled. Let's check it out. Let's read our text in Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Matthew 5. I'm hearing noises, but it's okay. We're going to keep reading. Matthew 5. Robert didn't answer whether he has heard that the Ten Commandments are repealed. I have not heard that they were repealed. Matthew 5, 17 through 19. 17 to 19. 17 to 19. Robert, did you hear that the Ten Commandments have been repealed? Have you heard that? Have you heard that teaching? I think he's saying no, he hasn't heard it. Are you saying no, Robert, that you didn't hear that the Ten Commandments have been repealed? And those that repeal means rebuke or cancel. I don't know. Where is Robert? Robert! Are you hearing me? 
Did you hear that the Ten Commandments have been repealed? I don't think they've been revoked or canceled. Let's read the text to find out. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. 19. Whatsoever, therefore, whosoever, sorry, therefore shall break one of these least commandments, and shall treat, teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of God of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. No, they have not been repealed. Let's look at Romans. Let's go to Romans, Romans 13. Let's go to Romans. I didn't hear anybody answer me when I asked the question, but I can see what the text say. So we have to go by what the Bible say, don't we? Revelation 13, 8 through 10. Revelation 13, 8 through 10. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For that loveth enough, for he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt shalt not com, uh, commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not cover, and if there be any other commandments, it is brief, comprehended, briefly comprehended, and this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. No, the Ten Commandments have not been revoked. They have not been repealed or canceled. Here you see they were given there in the Old Testament, but they came right up in the New Testament in the writings of Paul. And we know that the word of God is inspired. Amen. Amen. What day did Jesus and Paul keep? Let's check that out. What day did Jesus and Paul keep? By Luke 4, 16. Let's start with Luke 4, 16. Luke 4, 16 says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up from to read. That was Jesus we're talking about. And then Acts 17.2. Acts 17.2. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three days he reasoned with them out of the scriptures. So it shows Paul going himself to the synagogue on the Sabbath. He was going to church on the Sabbath. And then Acts 18.4. Acts 18.4 says, And he reasoned, talking about Paul, in the synagogue every Sabbath 
and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. So their custom was to go to the synagogue to serve or to keep the Sabbath. How should it affect me to learn that Jesus kept, kept the Sabbath? How should that affect me? Should it have any effect on me? Would it matter at all? Let's see what 1 Peter 2.21 says. 1 Peter 2.21 says, For even here unto, for, for even here unto where ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye shall follow his steps. He left us an example that we should follow his steps. That is what is believed. He kept the Sabbath and then he made sure he allowed us to know that we need to keep the Sabbath as well. I'm going to put up this second one. God's Shrine for Remembrance. These are texts that I'm giving you that lets us know the Bible Sabbath is from Eden to Eden. Did Christian Gentiles keep the Sabbath? That is very interesting to know. Did Christian Gentiles keep the Sabbath? Acts 13.42. Acts 13.42. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. So see, the Gentiles, that's who we are. We are the Gentiles, but we've been adopted into the family, so we are spiritual Israelites. Amen, amen. So yes, even they wanted to keep it. They revealed that the Sabbath-keeping Gentiles were also living under grace. Did Jesus plan for his disciples to keep the Sabbath after his resurrection? Let's look at that. Matthew 24, 20. We're studying about the seal of God that we're finding that's in Revelation. Matthew 24, 20 says, But pray ye that your flight be in your flight be not in the winter nor on the Sabbath day. Wow, why is he telling them that? See, when Jesus made that statement, he knew that Jerusalem would be destroyed almost 40 years in the future. So he clearly, clearly expected his disciples to keep the Sabbath, even 40 years after his resurrection. God's people identified how does Revelation refer to those who will be saved? How do you think that God referred to them? Let's look at Revelation 14, 12. So write this down. Revelation 14, 12 and Revelation 12, 17. Revelation 14, 12. We'll read Revelation 12, 17 first. And the dragon was wrought with a woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. 
Revelation 14, 12 says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. So, with that, we know that, yes, God's people that will be saved, they will be commandment-keeping people, and they will have the testimony of Jesus, including the Sabbath-keeping, since that is the fourth commandment that seemed to have been forgotten, and he had to remind us to remember it. Why is breaking God's commandments or law so serious? Why is it so serious? Why is it so serious? Let's find out. 1 John 3, 4. Oh, 1 John 3, 4. It's a lot to get. It's a lot to get, isn't it? It really is a lot to get. Just let's take a deep breath. Let's just take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. We've gone through a lot of texts, and we're just about to the end. We've been going through noises, different noises going on and everything, but just focus. Let's focus. We're almost at the end. 1 John 3, 4. Whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Transgression, to trance, to go across, to not go on the same plane, but to go against. And so, therefore, to go against the law is considered sin. And then the second text, Romans 6.23. Remember I said, to, the word says, transgression is for us to to commit a sin is to transgress the law. So to go against the law, those Ten Commandments. What is the penalty of sin? Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. So to break these laws and it's sin, God has called it sin, causes death. But, praise God, the gift of of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome, awesome news that we still have a chance. So yes, because of breaking God's law, it is sin and the wages is death. But God had a plan, amen? What sin does God, what sin does God especially name in Isaiah, let's look at Isaiah. Isaiah 58, verse 1 and 13. Isaiah 58, verse 1 and 13. Listen what it says. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions, which we know says the sin, and the house of Jacob their sins. Verse 13, Isaiah 58, 13 says, listen at this very, very closely. Listen at this. Listen, listen. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding 
thine own pleasures, nor speaking thine own words. God has a plan for the Sabbath to be a special day. He does not want us trampling on his Sabbath day. God calls Sabbath breaking a sin. In Isaiah's day, where they called it, we were trampling upon God's holy Sabbath, which is his sign or seal. Men today, women today, boys and girls today are doing the same serious things. His command is to cry aloud and explain the Sabbath to them. Jesus, the good shepherd, knows his loving sheep will gladly follow him in Sabbath keeping and when they understand it. So, because they love him, they will please him. And that's why I'm taking so much time and giving you text to explain to you about God's seal, mark, or sign, we may call it, because we interchangeably use those words. What day will the saints keep in the new earth? Isaiah 22 and 23 says that. Isaiah 66, sorry, 22 and 23 tells us that. What day we will keep in the new earth and the new heaven. It says, for as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord. So shall you sit your seed and your name remain. 23, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh, not part flesh, all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. So in the new heavens and the new earth, we will keep the Sabbath. Remember the text. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It has not changed. Praise God. Seal of God. We'll find it out in Revelation. <clears throat> what should be my motivation for obedience to God's commandments. <clears throat> God's command, John 14, 15 says, If ye love me, keep my commandment. If ye love me, keep my commandment. Love should be our motivation because we love Jesus. Because guess what? Jesus first loved us. Amen? Amen. What must I do to worship him as a creator? Exodus 28-11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth. The Sabbath is God's love gift to the entire human race. Let me drink just a little water. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Just need to wet the whistle, as they say. God's commandments, God's commands, commands, 
that I keep the Sabbath day holy as proof that I accept and worship him as the creator. Why should Sabbath keeping be exciting? Mark 2, 28 reveals that. It says, therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. And so by Jesus being the one that gave his life for us, we should be excited about keeping the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, we can fellowship with Jesus, our Lord. We have 24 hours to be with him. Amen? 24 hours. And we need that downtime because most of us work so hard, we don't know when to quit. So thank God for giving us some time. Remember, Jesus created everything in cooperation with his Father. He even created the Sabbath. So I want you to read on your time study and study. John 1, 1, 2, 3. You know what that says. In fact, I'm going to turn there. I'm going to turn with you to John. John 1. Let's see if we can get this done together. Let's go to John 1. My pages are sticking. John 1. 1 through 3. And then 10 and 14. John 1. 1 through 3. And 10 and 14, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Two, the same was in the beginning with God. Three, all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And then we're going to go to verse 10. It says, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him. And the world knew him not. 14 says, And the world and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and he and was beheld, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then you will be able to read later in your studies. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. And then Ephesians 3, 9. Colossians 1, 13 through 17. God worked, Jesus worked in cooperation with his Father. The Sabbath is a thrilling and exciting, and the Sabbath is thrilling and exciting to Christians. Because it's the center, it centers in Jesus, okay? It is his day. It represents his power. It represents his creative power. It represents his power to save us from sin and his miracles. For excite, most excitingly of all, Jesus set his wonderful day aside to be with us and to help us become like him. Jesus at Eden gave people two wonderful institutions. Now listen, 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 listen. Listen at this. In Eden, God gave, Jesus gave two wonderful institutions. 
The first one was marriage. The next one was Sabbath. Remember, he put Adam and Eve together at the sixth day. He put them together. They were married. And then he rested from his work on the seventh day. He must often weep as he look and see how we ignore and we misuse these two loving gifts that he has given us and thus end up with such lives of misery and woe, mercy. In John 14, 15, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandment. Do you love him? Do I love him? Robert, do you love him enough to keep all of his commandments right now? All that we have gone through in the scriptures, all that we have cited, we've seen. My question to you today, and the question bounces back to me, am I willing to keep all of his commandments right now? Let us pray. Revelation 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Father God in heaven, I thank you so much. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for allowing us to study together about your sign, your seal, your mark, whichever it's called in the scriptures. That, Father, we will be a people with this seal, this mark, this sign. That when you come, we will be a ready people to go back home with you. Without the loss of one of us. Father, I just thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for allowing us to go through this study. And I pray, Father, as Revelation has showed your seal to us, that we will not be ignorant, that we will not be unlearned, that we will be a people that is learned of your word. Father, help us. Holy Spirit, fall upon us that we will see the truth. No matter what people say, we will realize those commandments are put around God's people to protect them. Not that they, we are saved by them. No, we aren't because they point out our sin. But because we know where we fall short, it gives us the opportunity to ask you for forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins to you, God, you promise to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we receive that promise, and we believe it, and we give you our sins right now, and we ask you to help us be your people, to receive your mark, your sign. Father, we thank you now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. God keep you. Let his face shine upon you. I pray that you remember to share. I pray that you'll remember to make sure that you press the, button, the bell 
for notification. And I pray that you will please, please come back. Like, share, press the button for notification. And we'll see you in the next study. God bless you and your family.